0: But anyway, what are you going to read out?
1: Oh, okay. Let's close I, out. Yeah. Let's close out here on the uh, rape My so Professor. Make us, yeah, hopefully it'll
0: make
2: us laugh because that's okay. For, you know, <laughs> well, it'll make us laugh, <laughs> I don't
1: know about
2: you. <laughs> look at him. He, he claims again. to be passionate. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it? Or is there more? That's moody, okay, moody.
0: Welcome to What's Law Got to Do With It? A lighthearted look at life in law school. I'm Professor Richard Haig.
1: And I'm 3L law student Felicity Redan.
0: Felicity, what's up today? Richard. How's it hanging?
1: Same old steel. Same yeah. old steel. <laughs>
0: it is same old steel. Oh, that's good. Uh, Back cool. to normal. That's what I hope to hear every time. You know that, but uh, there were there've been some episodes where you it's uh, things what, are going what,
1: off the rails a little what, bit yeah you know? well what's the
0: opposite of the same old steel different old steel or how, how are you going to answer that what,
1: fresh young steel i don't yeah,
0: i don't, yeah, I don't a, know yeah, just, how does steel, yeah. steel work I I, yeah uh, it's a such an odd thing to say to begin with i i'm never gonna, hey. I'm ne- <laughs> well no but and i know you you <laughs> it comes from a prof right that's right. Yeah, I know. I, I think you, it's good that you adopted, but I just, never, I'd never heard of it until I heard it from you. So, uh, so uh, today I, 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 sh- I, got, how should I, what should I ask today, Felicity? I'm, I'm scrambling for things to, to ask you. Partly this is cause... how
1: I feel every time you make me do the last question. <laughs>
0: yeah. Is that right? Yeah. But you know, the last question you get 25 minutes to prepare for, this is right up front, right up front. Uh, but I so I asked the weird one about your ice cream. That was very quick. Did I ask you uh, what's you, you have? You're a pet person, right? You've got a dog and a cat, eh? Yeah, crazy pet lady. Is, is there a pet that you that you don't have that you'd still that you'd like? There, that's my question different from a dog um, or cat, in other
1: words well i i grew up with horses and i don't have them anymore because um, i don't live on a farm anymore and sometimes i miss them and you can't it's not a feasible thing to do in toronto <laughs> to have horses so you know,
0: but you'd like to have a horse again is that what you're
1: saying well, or at least you know see them every once in a while they're pretty okay. neat
0: did you ride you can dress them
1: as unicorns on halloween whatever <laughs> um yeah i do uh, or i guess i used to i haven't in a while
0: oh okay one of my most harrowing experiences was this my almost it was a girl that I wanted to date but never could. But she she and I were good friends. She lived outside Calgary on a little farm. She had a horse. She invited me one day to go there, and she went riding. And she said, uh, and I said, oh, I'd like to ride that. And she said, have you ever ridden before? I said, no. And she said, well, I don't think you should ride our horse. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a nightmare horse. And I said, no, come on, i I can ride it. And she said, no, 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 seriously, I don't think you should. I and so I convinced her that I should. Holy shit, that was a, it was horrific. The thing rode, about, it, went, it ran about a millimeter away from a barbed wire fence to try to throw me off or something. Anyway, I had to, I had to bail. I had
1: to, <laughs> and that so, was the end of your future prospects with this woman, so I assume.
0: I, well, that and horses in particular was the sto- point of the story. Is I just don't like horses anymore. I never want to ride one again. So there's an example of how the formative experience can change your whole life. I don't know where <laughs> there you go and that and, and, and that, the
1: podcast cut um, <laughs> and with no, that so, i'm gonna uh, turn
0: it over to you to introduce or uh, introduce our guest
1: i'm gonna reintroduce one of our returning guests um so we have dylan here and he'll, i'll let him introduce himself reintroduce himself again in a moment but uh well actually you just go ahead dylan introduce yourself here
2: Uh, Hi, guys. Uh, Happy to be back on the podcast. Um, I am an ex Osgoode Hall law student. Uh, I'm now attending uh, the fine institution of McGill University for law. And yeah, I was one of uh, Richard's former students, so. Oh, it's, always, uh, it's always great to see him again.
0: <laughs> it is. all. It's good to see you always, Dylan. Um, you called me, I think in the intro to last first podcast, you called, I was one of Haig's former students. Now we're on a first name basis this time, which is good. That's, we've moved up, up in the world. Uh, it is nice to have you back. Um, and go ahead, Felicity. <laughs> second question.
1: Oh, the second question geez, my my intro's just getting pushed back and back. All right, second question. Do you have a another law-related TV show or movie that you hate to share with us?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so the first time I, I tried to stretch the question by by talking about law student movies. Um, and Richard said, please don't don't rate uh, law movies by how attractive the lead is. So I'm gonna do that right now. <laughs> Um, So my recommendations, based on how hot the leading man or woman is, uh, starts with Michael Clayton starring George Clooney, the definition of a silver fox. Um, I would say that Henry Fonda probably takes second place, 12 Angry Men, incredible. Not technically a lawyer, but a juror, so we'll let it slide. Um, And then probably a few good men would get my third place because (laughs) although Tom Cruise isn't exactly a silver fox, you get to add on the Kevin Bacon in there. um, (laughs) It's like a double whammy. yeah exactly just a, a two-for-one deal right there all
0: right well that's that dylan is the only one that's allowed to do that we're cutting off future representation of movies based on the looks of the stars that uh, but that this we'll is censorship richard yeah. and it
1: is unacceptable i
0: know i know and i'm a free speech guy but that <laughs> i
1: know
2: i got your heart racing don't
1: i i don't know what the hell it is you you're think you're doing
2: what do you think i'm doing
1: this is over we have a deal whatever that is it's uh, meaningless at this point
2: you think I must have gotten it wrong. I thought you had a tentative proposal. I didn't realize you'd signed all those checks. It's a drag. I got a thousand of these things. What the hell am I going to do with them?
1: I'm calling Marty.
2: Good. Good. Do it.
0: <laughs> anyway, over to you again, Felicity.
1: All right. So the reason that we have uh, Dylan back here to talk to you again is because in our last episode that we had him, we spent a a good while just ragging Richard over the coals. Uh, And we thought that it would be good to talk about how you do that, how to approach doing that to your professors when you don't have them as a guest on a podcast. So uh, I know personally, it's, it's sometimes awkward to do that and kind of give feedback on profs and stuff. Dylan, have you ever had to do that in the middle of a term or anything like that?
2: Uh, my, I've never actually filled out a, a course, like uh, evaluation to be honest that with doesn't you. Surprise I had a terrible me. experience in, as a law school student. Of course, I had a terrible experience in undergrad where the prof sat us down on the last day of courses. And he said, Hey guys, I just want you to know that if you guys ever need help in university I'm here for you, you have my number. I'm happy to be a reference. And with that in mind, I'd like to transition to the course evaluations. And of course, we all give him wonderful course evaluations because this guy is here for us. He's our bro. He's wonderful. And the last thing that he said to us that day was, don't worry, there's no surprises on the exam uh we will only use the nomenclature for the proteins discussed in class you don't have to memorize about eight different uh eight different types uh, of names for any particular protein and uh yeah it should be pretty easy I, I really worked hard at this one of course we get to the exam and he just lied to us just bold face he has used a nomenclature that he used once in the course for one specific protein but didn't matter at all and so all of us bombed the exam and he's forced to curve it up from like a 17 percent, which was insane It just, it just, just and an, an abysmal because no one knew what he was talking about um so anyways that's the last time i ever filled up a course exam and i've, I've decided to take more creative uh, methods of feedback since then uh, Richard, what are
1: they tell us the creative methods yeah.
2: yeah okay so my favorite thing is to like take something that uh that a prophet said in class and kind of throw it back at them like during an evaluation um so we talked last time about uh Priel's idea of, uh, of a woman as torts and how uh, I tried to poo poo that on, on my exam, uh, but another perhaps better example is uh, Hutchinson loves this idea of of, of laws, war, and he the the ethics of military warfare should be used to determine the ethics of a of a of a courtroom, and is I remember a bad just, take. Just, just, a, just just a bad take. So it's just objectively so, uh, wrong. <laughs> So when when uh, when the final you know paper rolled around for for uh, ethics, I uh, I tried to take him to, to to task on that and talk about how ridiculous it was. Uh, to try to draw an analogy. And, and like, what would you, what would you be saying of, of the legal system if you said it's, it's like the ethics of warfare that we can just like take whatever we want from people and like, it like it's just written by the victor and, and stuff like that. So I try to, I try to just stay informal with, with my critique. So
0: that, so you treat that as a form of evaluation of the prof is in your evaluation. Yeah, for you.
2: Oh, that's an interesting way to do well, it. Well, if you look at it like student examinations, when they're only graded by the prof, right? Like, if you want to think of it in perhaps an extreme manner, it's basically just a letter to the professor that he's going to then assign a grade. Uh, really? So being, yeah. So being mindful of of, of who your of who your audience is is just knowing who your professor
0: is. Yes. Well, when we got into that a bit in the first podcast, but this is a different different take on it. Yeah, yeah. Felicity, what are you? What have you? I I assume you filled out the evaluation forms that you. Are I don't think this is
1: going to come as much of a surprise to you, but I love a good survey. I'm like, <laughs> anytime I'm like, oh, you want my opinion? Here it is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and I often feel like I'm screaming into the void, especially at law school. <laughs> but, you know, anytime uh, I have the chance to, to let someone know how I feel anonymously, <laughs> you can better believe I'm going to do it.
0: well so what about informal forms see so dylan we talked in the previous podcast about me dylan coming to my office frequently and me casting that as being a he needing therapy but serious and i i I was being facetious (laughs) a little bit but no but i think you know i treat those as you're you're evaluating me informally and then in those sessions and you talk we talked about how you, I think some of the teaching aspects of the course. So I, I think those, to me, those are very valuable. Uh, the input I get from students in those informal settings is actually, I think, superior to the formal forms of evaluation.
2: I think you're just saying that because you get terrible course evaluations. I, I, have you ever, I cr- have you ever cried from a course evaluation? Have you ever been like, like emotionally, physically, like hurt yeah. by an evaluation that you read?
0: Yeah, the first few years. Yes, yeah. It's funny because you get 70 and you might get two bad ones and they, that's all you remember is the ones that were really cutting or biting. And, and I, so I do remember those, um, but I, I have a thicker skin now as well. I have to I think. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry.
1: There's something about to like when people do course evals and if they're like stressed and mad about the way a course is going, they like, well, students are kind of the worst. and like don't have the social skills to like be <laughs> humans and just talk about their feelings and whatever in a productive way. So sometimes I think students just like unleash and are like, everything about you and this course is horrible because they know it's anonymous and they're just jerks. Yeah. And I just, I, I personally, that's not how I approach my survey writing okay. uh, because I try to be productive. And like, this is, this worked, this didn't work. And you should think about changing it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think and that's what I look for is constructive feedback. Cause there's no point in just ragging and railing on at a prof with, in the abstract, it doesn't help. It doesn't help anybody.
2: I don't have like a favorite creative disc that someone like submitted to you or anything like that. <laughs>
0: a Creative disc? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd have to. You know what? You put me on the spot, and I can't really think. There's been so many that I can't even think. I, let me tell this story, and meanwhile, at the same time, think about what your the answer to your question. I my favorite evaluation story comes like like Dylan's was when I was in undergrad. Uh, taking a history course at the U of a. And the prof there was actually a pretty well-famous prof. He was an American historian, intellectual prof. Intellectual history was the course. And he was also, uh, what do you call him now? Short, a short man, <laughs> as in <laughs> really short, you know, three foot five. And he, so he used to teach standing up on his chair just so that the class could see him. Anyway, it came time for the evaluations. He walks in the class with this, you know, the envelope containing all the hard copy evaluations that he's gonna hand out. He said, stood up on his chair and he said, well, the administration gave me these evaluations to give to you to evaluate me. Do you really think you can evaluate me? You, you students who really know nothing? And so then he, he, he holds up the envelope and he tears it in half and he drops it in the garbage. He says, if you want to evaluate me, you can go get one, but uh, I don't, I'm not, it's not gonna have any effect on how I behave or change or teach in the future. So there you go.
1: <laughs> oh, tenure must be nice. <laughs> yeah, that My was it. Gosh.
0: That was it, so uh, yes. Uh, but I've always remembered those words. Students can't evaluate me. They know nothing about what I'm doing. <laughs> Man, so, sometimes, so when I got the bad evaluations, I thought to myself, you, you know nothing. What is you saying? nothing. No, yeah, you don't know anything. <laughs> you know, you know nothing. nothing about constitutional law. I know constitutional law. You know nothing. This evaluation <laughs> is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's a pretty awesome.
0: So that's back. my response to the harsh ones. But as I say, I do like constructive feedback because I think there's always something that you know you can learn. And there are some perceptive people in law school, a lot of smart people in law school. So we shouldn't deny
1: that. A lot of dumb ones too, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was (laughs) going (laughs) to say. The the other thing too, though, is those are like the end of year. So like, they're not going to help you student who is aggrieved. Um, So do you ever have people other than therapy sessions come to you and say, because I know, I mean, with 100% finals, sometimes I'll do it like, hey, this is not working and you need to think about it. Um, because I know they're going to have my exam to mark anonymously, but especially with like paper courses where the prof like knows exactly who is writing what, I have like a, I always find it really awkward to like go to the prof and be like, you're, you're pretty useless. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Even, well, of course that saying it that way isn't going to help. Well, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I can't imagine you would do that, Felicity. Uh I have Someone had to go to props in
1: the middle of a semester though yeah this is what I'm wondering is how how do you guys approach that because I've had to do it before to be like this is just not you need to this is not going well <laughs> right
0: well I've had a delegation you know sometimes you get people saying yeah can you do stop doing x and you know think about why you're doing it and I, I actually if I get that in the middle of the term and there's time to turn it around I definitely will I take The only problem with that is, you know how it is, it's the same in life, that you get five or six people out of 70 that really feel the same way, and you suddenly think that that's the entire class. So what I really like is when the class rep comes and says, you know, I've canvassed quite a number of students, and as long as they don't lie and say every single student, because there's never going to be complete unanimity on anything like that. But if you get a significant minority even, say 20 to 30 out of 70, then yeah, it's worth It's worth doing something about. And I have changed the direction of a course or the components of a course as a result of that. Yeah, I think you can.
2: I find this perspective really interesting, uh, especially in light of the discussions that were being had just before COVID hit with uh, teaching and lecture recordings. Because basically every student that I have ever talked to anecdotally, and from my understanding, the census that they talked out was pretty unanimous as well, was like, please give us lecture recordings. Um, But the administration is obviously just, just not of that and <laughs> and there it, it I mean from my understanding maybe you know more than I do they are uh, pretty much set to, to can't to make mandatory attendance just uh, an integral Osgood policy in a couple of years well
0: it's still being debated I think um and Osgood has a rec- uh, w- before we get into the specifics of Osgood's recording policy does do, do you get recorded well it's all different now right during the pandemic I was going to ask what McGill does in terms of recording lectures but it's all so different now isn't it
2: yeah, from my understanding, though, in like regular uh, law school times, uh, Osgood is kind of a unicorn in that they they do record their lectures and that you don't have to go to class. Uh, like I said on the first uh, the first podcast, like it was kind of the driving force behind me choosing Osgood—the fact that I was like, "Oh, great! You know, attendance is uh, suggested but not necessary." Right.
0: Well, and that, that's the drawback of recording classes, because it, it, it's good in some ways, but it also then, you know, again, you have to, as an institution, you got to realize that if you're going to record classes and publicize them, you're going to have a lot of people not wanting, bothering to come. That's just
1: a consequence, See, right? My take on the whole mandatory attendance thing um, is that it's like, I, I just think that if profs want people to show up, they should just be better.
2: Because like it
1: honestly like it sounds harsh, but like the best props I've ever had have not had trouble filling a classroom. And if you're doing so, if you're so unengaging that like I oh I can only listen to you on two times the speed, like it's not my problem, and you should just be a better prof.
0: <laughs> no, look, look. Voting with feet is a. Uh, it's you should you should realize that that is a exceedingly obvious. You know, it's it's an empirical survey that you can't avoid noticing when people just don't <laughs> come. Uh, However, what if the prof's response says, I don't give a shit how many people come to my class. If there's only three, that's their problem, not mine. I'll just continue on doing what I do badly, <laughs> which, you know, the unfortunately,
1: some of them do. <laughs>
2: yeah. it's, it's Are you a- playing devil's advocate or speaking from a place of <laughs> personal perspective
0: here, Richard? No, Dylan, you're the only person that didn't come to my class.
2: <laughs> I'm the only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: You're right. Uh, it's, But, you know, university is a... It's an interesting environment it's you're supposed to be treating people like adults and so on in on one hand you know it's it's up to students to come or not come and if you're right if they're not getting anything out of a class why would you force that upon them i i do think it's a lit little much to create mandatory attendance at the university level uh, so you know especially
1: at Osgoode too I, and one of the big critiques for us and i wonder if mcgill is similar dylan but we have like a lot of students who parents or like work in the evenings because as as we previously mentioned Osgood tuition is absurd um, and so the recordings are actually like an important accessibility device because like you can kind of build your life around the right reliability of being able to do law school whenever so like the idea of changing that halfway through someone's degree seems a bit harsh what's it like at Miguel Dylan do they is it like similar breakdown like that
2: uh, yeah so I would say that the interesting thing about McGill is that you have a bunch of kids coming out of Sejap. And so you have, we have a 17 year old in my law school class <laughs> and we have a 45 year old professor at McGill university who is in our law school class. The spectrum is oh, insane. Wow. Whereas I feel like for Osgood, the the spectrum is like almost a little bit smaller. It's like the average student at Osgood probably has a master's degree. They're probably around 26, 27. And you have kind of an upper cohort of mature students who have kids, but I didn't meet anyone who was younger than me, maybe by one year uh, during my first year at Osgood. Like it, it, it's definitely a, a tighter, older demographic. It's not as much of a spectrum. So I think it's just harder to like rely on that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. The, the, again, though, I think Felicity's right. Part of the whole idea of recording classes is for accommodation purposes, uh, accommodation being interpreted very broadly for whatever <laughs> reasons. Uh, but I, yeah, I think that that's, And that, I think, I wonder if you really, if you revolutionized the legal uh, profession or certainly the law school aspect, sort of like Ryerson is trying to do. You could do a lot of pre-recorded lectures for certain things, concepts that can come across easily over a recording or a podcast. And then you can do a lot of hands-on stuff where it really, where, you know, you can't teach any other way. So I'm thinking of, I, I coach the moot for for felicity. We're gonna do some moot practices, right? You're not gonna do that uh, by somebody lecturing to you. You're actually gonna to have to stand up and, and moot. And there's so many Or parts. sit down in front of a computer well, screen as yeah. the case may be <laughs> this year. But so many aspects of law require you require hands on work. So that can be stuff that people need to be there for. The the dispensing of information or or uh, theory can be done in a different way it's like i i get most of my knowledge from reading books let's say that's just how it how it so so why don't we do something like that in law school i don't know why it still seems to me to be caught in the middle ages in terms of old style, old style lecturing for a large
1: part. Well, then poor people like Dylan would actually have to show up uh, and wouldn't I be yeah, yeah. at home for the whole semester.
0: I know we would miss out. <laughs> people like Dylan wouldn't be in law school. So we'd miss out. I think, I
2: think I would. I think I would just change. Like I would just show up if I was, if I needed to show up to get an A. I would show up to get an A. Did you go but if to your? I only need forty-eight hours before the exam. I can give you guys my method. It's an easy, guaranteed B plus. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you go? Did you go to classes uh, as an undergrad or even in your master's degree? Did you go to classes?
2: I don't have a master's degree, but I didn't go to oh. class in my in my undergrad at all either. I, I quickly like Miguel has a great recording system for the the science department, so I, I definitely relied on that.
0: So you're just well. a bad. You're just a bad student to begin with. Not a model student, but that's okay. You're,
2: you're who Speaking are. in law aphorisms, I would say. That whatever study methods got you to law school are going to get you through law school. Yes, that's, that's my position <laughs> on that point.
0: <laughs> and listen, I, every law school has people like you. I remember again when I was at law school, there was one guy who. What do
1: you mean, you people, Richard? Yeah, yeah. not, whoa, not whoa, whoa, you, whoa.
0: Felicity's the model stu- student. Dylan is the the student like this guy at our our year who did nobody saw until two weeks before class. He basically was at the school pub every night getting drunk. And then he sobers up three weeks before the finals (laughs) and crams, just absolutely crams, seriously, you know, 20-hour days, and then walks away with a B-plus, fine. He's practicing now. He's been a good lawyer for 30 years. It all worked out. (laughs) So it can be done. But again, you, you have to question the whole model. The educational model almost, it just creates those kinds of potential students. And it's not a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm not a. I'm not dogmatic about what the I There's no ideal student. You're all different.
1: <laughs> Wait, I want you to go back to where you said I was the model student, oh, though. Yeah,
2: I <laughs> I, I just, did I contradict myself? No ideal myself? student,
1: except for me. Yeah.
2: Well, there's always Is that on Felicity's line. recommendation letter? Like, the model student. Is <laughs> yeah. that line
0: there? Oh, I a hope picture. so. <laughs> it's in the, the model student underneath this. Yeah. Actually, no, Felicity is, Felicity is, she's, yeah. The model student. People think of that as boring, but you're not. You're not at all like that, right? So you've got, it's a good balance. You're a good balance of model and and uh, what?
1: I, I don't know. I don't do my reading, so yeah. I got that going for me. <laughs> <laughs> listen to the podcast oh instead. It's fine. I,
0: I hope uh, the the more this podcast goes off the rails like this, the better, the worse that I, <laughs> I, I worry that my, any colleagues that listen to it are going to think, holy
2: your reputation is slowly yeah. receding No, no, and you're giving um, bad just advice.
1: <laughs> yeah. i'm giving oh you are no, you're There's saying there. that everyone should my be like me and that's bad me, advice yes, <laughs> okay
0: richard you've got to stop you got to tone that down this is not helping <laughs> Oh,
1: so that, that's your midterm feedback from your <laughs> from your <laughs> professor friends
0: <laughs> yeah that's right can we change on the fly here no sorry uh, dylan you were you were saying something and we kind of cut you
2: off. yeah well i was gonna i had the the thought in my head so i asked you the the initial question of like way back when at the start of the podcast like what was your favorite diss that someone ever gave you on a review because i have rate my professors up here um and i have a great one that i just oh. would love to read out loud okay too. well i'll tell you um, so, mine so it's
0: a favorite means the okay. one that was the most uh I, well Fighting. i don't even know what favorite <laughs> is when you're talking about dissing but i got one it had nothing to do with what i thought is important in the teacher which is about the clothes i wore <laughs> That Haig dresses I think it was something like Haig dresses like I just like he comes fra- out of a locker room or something. <laughs> and that was so this is the kind of thing that you get in evaluations, which is why my history prof tore them up in front of the class and said it's funny. Yeah, so that was probably my I realized, oh my goodness, I didn't know people even look at the clothes I wear. Well, that's because you're not a woman. <laughs> uh, uh, which is true. I Yeah, exactly.
1: I think every woman prof has probably yes. had that eval.
0: And they have to, they do worry about it, but maybe men, male profs should either, yes, worry about it or we should all not worry about it. It should should yeah. not be gendered, that issue. But anyway, what are you going to read out? Okay. And I? Let's close <laughs> out. Yeah. Let's close out here uh, on the uh, Rate My Professor. It'll make us,
2: yeah, hopefully it'll make us laugh because that's okay. Because, you know, <laughs> well,
1: it'll make us laugh. <sighs> I don't know about
2: you. <laughs> Look at him he's He, he claims cat. to be passionate. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it? Or is there more? That's okay, tight. moody moody mo. <sighs> he claims to be passionate about constitutional law, but looks like he's about to pass out from boredom during his own lectures. <laughs> so uh yeah, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Uh, not sure why he teaches he trust yeah. when he looks like he's about to keel over from boredom there's a common theme here oh my goodness
0: well they all they all got together and wrote those maybe it's the same person or maybe you're just boring <laughs> i know listen i, I it's a I conspiracy that. theory right that. that's why i did this podcast to get rid of the boring part of me to try to show people that
2: i'm not boring Oh, that's
0: funny! So for your street uh,
2: creds, so if you were like, no, 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 he's a cool guy. He's have, a cool guy.
0: I know I have a monotone voice, and that's never good. It sounds like you're boring no matter what you say. Um, <laughs> oh well, that's. I'll end it on that. That's okay. I can laugh at myself <laughs> too.
2: Uh, Call it a podcasting voice.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it works well for voice. your pro- podcast uh, lectures in COVID times. So.
0: The nerd in me, the academic in me, says that there's a great book on, uh, uh, called Amusing Yourselves to Death, which is about how professors, since about 1990, are expected to be fun and amusing in class, which is completely not, uh, that's not the purpose of education. So <laughs> I'll just take that as a...
1: Oh, so you like yeah, this criticism?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't need to accept it. I, I'm, I'm boring enough. That must be unconstitutional. I get that, I don't just need to <laughs> He claims to be passionate, though. I like that one. I don't know when I've claimed to be passionate, but anyway. Uh, all right, Dylan. It's been a treat. I I'm glad you got in touch and said you'd like to uh, be on the podcast. In fact, uh, to be truthful, Dylan was complaining that I didn't approach him, saying, "Come on, the podcast. Be there. You're one of my favorites." But I and I didn't. Yeah, I was a little and you you were ranking yourself relative to your other colleagues who were on the podcast and so yeah you felt a little aggrieved i got it i got it
1: (laughs) dylan claims to be passionate about the podcast
0: yeah we should ask dylan what he's passionate about since there's all the talk is that he doesn't do his reading he doesn't go to class he's uh, oh yeah yeah. but we'll save that for another day shall we no it's 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 nice to see you dylan i have missed you i've missed our little meetings i hope all is going well in montreal and hopefully yeah you're going to come back to toronto though aren't you for for work for for your professional career
2: uh yeah i think there's about a 50 50 uh, chance that i end up practicing but if i do hopefully it's in toronto uh so i'll, I'll see you guys then well stay uh, in it's t- been a blast <laughs> <laughs> stay, stay in touch yeah, yeah, yeah. all right bye, dylan. bye. Uh, Nice you Felicity. bye guys